Friday, welcome to Wednesday Night Musical Osmosis, where intelligent dissonant thought meets melodic euphonious reality. I am your musically magnanimous host, Nick the Saucy One Catsaurus, broadcasting to you live, as always, from the shadow of Hurricane Mountain, Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my percussively proficient co-host, calling all the way in from Charm City, my pal, Odell Norman. What is up, Odell? What's going on, man? Enjoying this uh, beautiful weather here today. It's been gorgeous the last couple of days, man. Yes, amazing, amazing out. Hey, so we've been doing this. You've been on here helping me with the show, I think, about three months now. Do you think the fans know where Charm City is by now? If they don't, I, I hope they've looked into it. <laughs> well, base, of course, baseball season is about to start, so you'll, you'll hear me start talking about the Orioles here and there, so they'll probably be like, oh, Baltimore, okay. Nice. <laughs> well, you know, I had a couple people comment when um, we had the first episode, and they were like, I've never heard of Charm City, and I thought that was fairly yeah. well known. <laughs> I thought so, too, but you know, it, it's one of those things. Alright, lurking in the shadows is the Maven domestic and producer and my editor and a thousand other multitasking wonderful things. <laughs> the... What's up? Oh my gosh. You oh my gosh. Fun, um, making fun of my mom before we went on live? <laughs> now, I love your mom. You know I love your mom. And I probably, of all of the people that you could possibly know, I probably have the most innate ability to tolerate and support her no matter what, because my mom too is a lover of Cocoa Puffs. Um, But no, it used to be a thing when I first met her, I honestly was afraid to sit down anywhere in her apartment because she's very, very OCD and she has to have everything just so. And I was like, but I don't want to sit down because then she's going to have to clean the chair. You know, I'm like, I, I wish we were that time when we went to I wanted to bring yeah, Joe sure. into this because we always have like 10 minutes before the show starts and we're all gabbing back and forth. I just thought it was funny because it's like, hey, your mom's crazy because she does this. Oh, you don't know the half of it. Nick's mom does this. Five seconds until air time. All right, everyone shut up and get professional. Stop talking shit about Nick's mom. Stop talking about Nick's mom. That's, I mean... Like, really, like, I mean, we've talked to some really, really cool people throughout the four shows that we do, um, and it's been really, really wonderful, and, like, I really loved getting to talk to, like, people that I grew up watching, like Jamie Farr. That's probably one of my favorites. Of course, it's one of my favorites. Um, and, and it's great, but I learned through talking, probably through talking to John Lear, um, that everybody is just we're all just people man it's like yeah you can be professional and all that when it's called for but this is not that setting like yeah you want to do things right but but (laughs) you know the 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 most important thing is to just enjoy yourself we're just talking about how crazy our mom is with no introduction and they're like what the is this dr phil what the hell did i just like tune into here like we have to keep no but we, we are entertained yeah yeah the format or something. All yeah, right. Yeah, Why don't you tell everybody who we've got coming up on the show, my little Maven domestic? Of course. Aside from today, because we'll, we'll get back to today in just a second. Um, aside from today, though, this Sunday we have 
from Warrior Soul. We've got Corey Clark coming back on the Ignorance Equation, and we're actually talking politics with him this time. We're going to have a meeting. Let me jump in. Mm-hmm. What did we get in the mail from Corey Clark the other day? Oh, yes. we Apparently, Corey Clark, in addition to being an awesome writer and musician um, with Warrior Soul, he's also a painter. And we got oh, wow. a pretty – yeah, it's um, it's this huge canvas that's going over one of the sofas that we have, and it's the Greek flag. And what did I, we say it said? Um, anarchy. Love and anarchy. No, it was love and – love and – Apathy, love and apathy. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, and it, it's awesome. I mean, like, I would totally expect to see it hanging in a gallery. But instead, we have the awesome fortune to have it hanging in our house. So, yeah, he's, he's really, really talented. Totally check out uh, Corey Clark's paintings. They're, they're fabulous. Um, anyway, getting back to it, uh, Sunday, we've also got on Kettle of Fish, we're going to have Heidi Hewlett, super funny lady. Uh, and we are going to have, I, I know you guys have been so dying for Friday Night Drunken Trivia, as have I. Uh, we've had a couple of issues. Um, one a guest had to back out rather suddenly, no big deal. Um, it happens. We have lives. And we've got comedian Hakeem Combs coming on. Uh, then All we've right. got uh, Brainy Posey. She is coming on Kettle of Fish. Very funny lady as well. We've got Alex White of White Mystery, who we've spoken on before, but she's actually coming on the music show. Yes, so she's going to be on the music show this time. Alex is one of my favorite people to talk to. And I'm not going to say, like, favorite. I will put her as favorite guest because I don't want to offend any other guests. But as far as just Mm -hmm. fluently talking to somebody, even if we weren't doing the show, he's one of my favorite people to have a conversation with. Right, Odell? Very easy guy. Oh, my gosh. It was great. The, The 20 minutes that we talked to her, that one time went by, so I was like, "Man, that's it. Can we, can we keep right. can we just talk?" <laughs> time flies, man. Um, and then we're gonna have comedian Rebecca Lee come on uh, for a weekend. Actually, that's gonna be a lot of fun. We're gonna have uh, Mormazine come on. Uh, that's gonna be on our up- an upcoming music show. Our buddy Rob Crescent is gonna play some drunken trivia. Then Stuart from Songhammer is going to play trivia. Uh, comedian Chris Mohan is coming on. Um, Comedian Christine Barger. We've got Steve Trash, who is the first upcycling magician I've ever seen. And uh, from all kinds of shows um, on an upcoming Kettle of Fish, we have Actor, who I guarantee that if you're under the age of 80, well, okay, let's say under the age of 60, you've seen a movie with Mr. Sean Whalen, and he is going to be on uh, coming very soon. Uh, And then... Let's see, we've got the 100th episode coming up. We're definitely going to have John Lear on there, William Sanderson, Rachelle from King of the Nerds, um, a lot of our previous friends. We are also giving away a super-duper kettle of fish prize pack. If you are at all interested in getting really cool swag and fishy things and or a kettle, um, then I <laughs> highly encourage you to go to facebook.com slash show. Yes. This is swag. Not also are we going to find crazy fish-related items. We are getting swag from a bunch of previous guests. I just got my first package mm-hmm. in the mail the other day. Yes, All and right. I'm super excited about that one. I was yay, swag. But I am, because it is for the Kettle of Fish show, 
um, which remember that's facebook.com slash KOF show. Um, because it is kettle of fish, I am going to find a kettle. And it is going to be in the box. And it is going to have fishy items in it. Not actual fish, but fishy things. You might want so to put something on the of- box that it's a kettle. That way the bomb squad's not opening up when it when the UPS drops it off on some like unexpected right. prize winners. This to work. is a kettle. Uh, no, we will announce that actually on the 100th episode, Who Wins. Um, you can enter between now and then. And there are ways for you to enter every single day. And we highly encourage that. Um, and then in about two weeks, I think, I think um, Saucy and I are going to have to head over to uh, Knoxville. We're going to hit Market Square. And probably we'll probably end up doing some kind of live remote or at least a remote that we can play later. Um, our buddy Caleb Sinan is going to be over there doing some stand-up. Um, if you missed him on Conan, please look up Caleb Sinan Conan because he's super-duper funny guy. Uh, he's, it just so happens he's going to be over here in a couple of weeks. So and we'll check, um, our new, check out our new podcast site for Kettle of Fish yes. on Lipson. He was our last guest. Uh, the easiest way to do it is probably to go to the Facebook page and go from there. But you can look up the Kettle of Fish show on your Libsyn app. Um, and, I mean, you, of course you can find it on iTunes, but, you know, if you're like me, it's either Apple or Android, and I'm an Android girl all the way. So, I'm an Android girl. I'm not an Android girl, but I'm a, I like Android. <laughs> yes, I, I'm you an Android like girl. You like Android girls. Um, I actually, uh, not I too like long Android ago, I actually girl. did. Android girl. I bought um, an iPhone for myself. I was going to get my daughter a new phone, and they had one. And I was like, oh, well, I'll, you know, I need a new phone anyway. Um, so I got the iPhone 5 and or the 5S or whatever, why that's special, I don't know. Um, I could have gotten a 7, but I'm too cheap for that. So I went for the 5, and I held it, and I played with it for about five minutes. And I'd actually already purchased this thing. And I'm sitting out in the car playing with it, and I'm like, oh, my God, I really hate this thing. <laughs> so I had to take it back, like, not even 15 minutes after I checked out. And I'm like, yeah, I don't like this. Give me the other one. <laughs> Give me the Android. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry. I really like the Galaxy series. I really hate iPhones. So maybe there's some apps I can't play, but you know what? I'm I'm good. Uh, no, we've got lots and lots of really cool stuff coming up. I know. Well, who do we got coming on... up today? Oh, of course. How can sorry, I even? Sorry, sorry, oh, we're just no. running a little behind on time here. No, you're good. I have, I absolutely haven't forgotten. So, uh, we have got from SLC Punk Two. Um, I'm sure most of you folks out there grew up watching SLC Punk. Well, now there's a two. Um, yeah. to catch up with everybody, this really was cool, and it's not some kind of American Pie sequel bullshit. It, it's actually really good. I watched it, and that's saying a lot. And I, I watched <laughs> it, and I paid attention, and I liked it's it. Great. So there you go. It is great. Um, but today we are having writer, producer, director, everything, or he's kind of like me, but the guy version. Uh, no, we're having James Nerdino. He's going to call in in just a little bit, and. Surprise, everybody, uh, James, a.k.a. Jimmy DeVal, is going to call in, too. And I can just about guarantee that if you're under the age of 
50, you've probably seen him in a movie, too. Well, um, I'm sure most of the people <laughs> listening tonight are SLC Punk fans, and he is John the Mod. Real quick, yeah. before we get those guys in here, there's something I wanted to bring up to Odell that I looked up today. So I had seen this okay. concert footage recently with Blondie, and I was right. a little bit saddened because she just didn't have it anymore. And yeah. I, I looked up a list of bands, rock bands, that are still performing. First, let me ask right. you this, Odell. When, do you think anybody should ever walk away? Or do you think you should just keep doing it? Even if you don't have that same spark, you should keep doing it as long as you're breathing. If you love it and and and, and you still want to do it, I don't see a problem with it. I saw Blondie, uh, wow, now, now that you say it, Nick, it's been probably about 10 years ago. And, and, and I guess my... It was it was really good. It was I think it was the HF Festival uh, about about nine ten years ago, and it was that, I mean it was it was really good. But I'm so used to seeing Deborah Harry, you know, the younger version of Deborah Harry on everything and right. on images and, and pictures that when you go and see her at the time, you're like, okay, yes, I totally forgot. Sort of like my son when we went and saw Star Wars, and the first time he saw Luke Skywalker, he looked over at me. He was like, man, Dad. Luke's old, and I, you know, I mean, you know, <laughs> and and, yeah, and for him, it, uh, we all know, are for him. Yeah, yeah, for him, the only images he has seen of Luke Skywalker was the movies, so he didn't realize that you know thirty some odd years have passed and 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 people age. So, um, yeah, I saw I saw uh, some concert footage of her and actually Dolly Parton not too long ago, and it was like, mm-hmm. man, they're still up up there doing it and people were absolutely enjoying it it's it's definitely not the same but um if you still love it i don't see why why not it keeps you young at least that's what i I just remember years ago i used to sell magazine subscriptions and somehow we ended up in this field at a steppenwolf concert and i mean this was this was in the mid 90s so those guys you know this wasn't like today but those guys were still kind of an old hat back then and all yeah. that was there was like all these biker guys. And the backstage was a plank of wood going across the little stream with one guy standing oh, wow. there. And it's like they would play Magic Carpet Ride or Born to Be Wild. And those are the only two songs that I that are on my radar by them. I was never an uh, avid Steppenwolf fan. And all the bikers right. are dancing and flipping out. And my boss, Janine, she like was like, hey, let's go try to meet the band. And she got back or they wouldn't let me back. And she ended up hooking up with their manager. <laughs> And I just remember, like, thinking, like, what a surreal experience this is because we just stumbled. We had no idea. We were just driving around after we had done our job for today, and we just kind of stumbled into this weird benefit chili cook-off Steppenwolf show at, like, a community center in some neighborhood. (laughs) It was freaking weird. All right, let me read you this um, list of bands. Tell me if you are surprised that they're still around or even alive or if you're not surprised. Sticks. Okay. Sticks, are you surprised I, Sticks is still with us? No, because I, I I always see their ads here and there, them doing something. All right, all right very... fair enough. D and um, let me know as soon as we've got both of the Jameses on the line. Mm-hmm. I'll do this until they call in. Um, Crosby, Steel, Nash. I didn't know they were still around. I didn't know. I I I, I didn't know all three of them were still around. I'm sorry. To and these are bands that are currently <laughs> touring and putting out music. Wow. Yeah. Steve Miller I band. That. that I I did know. 
I see them. I, you know, I live next to Meriwether, so a lot of these bands, you know, they they do the big they do the big summer, uh, the summer events at the like Meriwether Post or Nissan Pavilion or whatever it is now. But well, I had that album like some people call me the Space Cowboy, and like time keeps on slipping. Like yeah. I had that yeah. album. And I remember yeah. when I was um, a kid, because I got that album when I was a teenager, but I remember when I was a lot younger, that song Abracadabra, but I never knew it was a Steve Miller band. I, I and neither, then did when I, neither did I. Right. And I saw the video years later, and I was like, wait, wait a second. This is the Steve Miller band? This doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense to me. What? Like, it didn't even register. Um, all right. How about <laughs> the Allman Brothers? They're still around. Um, I didn't know. I uh, uh, I didn't know they were still uh, doing it, but I get them confused a lot of times with Leonard Skinner. Is, is that bad? I know. <laughs> no, I, I have the same problem. Well, you know, here's a band that's been around since 1961. I I didn't even know they've been around this long, which is crazy. Okay, okay. Radar Love. Who sings Radar Love? Oh, I know the song. Um, we got a song. Oh. Radar love. Um, uh, who, who is it? Golden Earring is still around. 1961, that band started, and they're still with wow. us. Wow. They're, like, they're, prob- they're probably guy. like Bob Seger. They're probably just like Bob Seger, and they just do that song just like Bob Seger does Bad to the Bone like 50 million times. I guess. <laughs> These guys <laughs> live in probably jars of formaldehyde, and they just let them out to come on stage. I remember Pat up. told me he went to a BTO concert and they did like a 20 minute version of Taking Care of Business because that's like the only song yeah. people know by him. So it was like 20, yeah. 30 minutes. He was like, it was my own personal hell. My girlfriend dragged me to it. It was like 20, 30 minutes of just playing on a loop, taking care of business because they had nothing else to do up there that anyone cared about. Um, okay, let's see who else is on here. Lover Boy, remember them? Loving every minute. Oh, all man. That. Wow. Here's a good one. Earth, Wind, and Fire are still around. Unfortunately, I don't know if they're going to still be around because their front man passed away a couple months ago. Really? About a month ago. Yeah, he just died. He he literally passed between David Bowie and all that stuff. He 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 passed too. He was one, and um, so I don't know if they're going to um, I don't know what they're going to do, but I know he just passed. He literally just passed. All right, got a couple more here. Blue Oyster Cult. Remember, don't fear the reaper. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I didn't know they were still around. Surprise. Okay. Um, Deep Purple. They're still, I actually saw yeah. them with um, Ronnie James Dio and the Scorpions. And once again, it's like they let these guys out of formaldehyde. The guy from the Scorpions, yeah. same dude, same outfit. Same, like He was like, hello, Nora Folk. Are you ready to rock it? And they just, and oh, the no. crazy thing was, I, saw, I hadn't listened to the Scorpions in 20 years, and I still knew every song they played. And I was like, don't these bands want to write anything new in the last? Like, they just live <laughs> off those same, like, six or seven hits. Like, a band like the Scorpions, they have six or seven well-known songs. And yeah. As a musician, yeah. I would always want to push myself. I wouldn't want to just play office politics for, like, 20 years. I, I would 20 years. rip my hair out if we had to play FBI <laughs> guy for 20 years straight. That would be crazy. <laughs> So, okay, let's see what else we've got here. We have got Jeff Beck still around, Fleetwood Mac, of course. Wow, um, yeah, yeah, I know that. Here's a big one, the Village People. I, I know it can't no. be. No, they can't it be has, the same people. 
I think as long as you know one what? village person is left, <laughs> they can call themselves the village people. I bet it's one of those things like Minuto was. Like, they would switch out kids once they turned, like, 17. They'd be like, oh, no, you're too old. Kind of like Mickey Mouse yeah. clubbing, clubbing it. Yeah, yeah, It's probably like So old. instead of, like, a construction Because I, I can't imagine the original person dancing it's around in the headdress with the and feathers. You know what, Dee? You, know you, know? it might be just like, it might like, be, really. like, one of them. It might be one of the village people, and then their son or, well, actually, no, I don't know if they have kids. But <laughs> I'll just leave that alone. But um, it would um, – you know, I think the Temptations and those type of bands do it too, where they have like maybe one person left, and they get a bunch of different people, and then they, so, you know, we're we're still gonna go by as the Temptations. Well, I'm well, wondering I'm, if the Village people do that too. I'm wondering if they've updated their image so it's more modern. So instead of like a construction worker, they have an IT guy, and instead of a Native American, they have like a Muslim dude. Do you think that's how it's pointing <laughs> out with the Village people? <laughs> uh. I, I don't know. They still they would still have the sailor. Yeah, the sailor would still be there. All right, um, we've got James Merdino on the phone and James Deval. I hope I'm not butchering their names. I'm terrible with names. Um, who played, of course, John Namad. So we've got both of the Jameses on the line. Before we get them in here, we always like to talk about why we have the guest on. Right. So, right. Odell, what did SLC Punk mean to you? Because I know... Well, I'll get to how it kind of changed my perspective on things. But what did it mean to you, SLC Punk, the first time you saw that? Which that movie came out, I think, 97, 98, something Eight, like that. 97, 98, yeah. I was, uh, I was just getting out of college, and I was big into the punk scene. So, And I was a big um, uh, Matthew Lillard fan as well. So, Oh, yeah. See that, it, was, it was one of those movies where I, I, I initially didn't know the name of it. I was at a friend's house, and they had a they – they had it, and I was just watching it. I was like, this movie's great. And, and at first it was because of the music. I was just like, man, the music's awesome. And then a lot of the topics that they were talking about, I, you know, I, was, I was actually a little young. I was only like 10 when, you know, 85 or so. I was 10 or 11. So, but I remember a lot of those topics being hit, and I was just like, man, this movie's great. So I remember going home, and, um, and it actually was one of those things where you see it one time and then – it just so happens that it's on uh, cable. So I was able to watch it over and over again, and I just fell in love with it. I, I thought the plot was great. I thought the, the story behind it was excellent. It was funny. It was insightful. And to this um, day, I still say that was one of Matthew Lillard's best roles. That role that, at the end of the movie, when he finds Bob yeah. dead, that is probably the, one of the best scenes he's ever done. And I'm not just saying yeah. that because I've got James a, on the phone and, there. And I think, yeah, and I think he's a very, I've always thought uh, he was a very underrated actor. Anyways, he, a lot of movies he carried, you know, and, and like, for example, Scream, I thought he, he carried that movie. So um, to see that, it was so, the the way my emotions were turned in that movie from straight laughter to like, oh, my gosh, to, to anger, to everything. That movie, I always tell my friends when, um, they always when we talk about movies and stuff. I'm, I'm I always say SLC was one of my all time favorites. Um, uh, uh, like Days and Confused, Days and Confused, of course. That, yeah, that I could just put in and watch over and over and over and over again and not get tired of it. And um, so yeah, it, definitely. Well, fun. let me tell you. Besides it having the impact on me, I'm sure it had on anybody 
younger in the punk scene. I think we were about in our mid twenties, early twenties when those when that movie came out. Yeah, I always yeah, used definitely. SLC Punk. I bought it. Like I rented it, and then as soon as it went on sale, I went out and I bought it. I think I got off deep yep. discount, ordered it, yep. and I always used it as a litmus test for dating. I was like, all right, if I'm going out on a date with a girl, second, third date, bring them home, put on SLC. Great. Punk, they're kind of like, oh, these dudes are like are fucked up. What's the, like? Then I'm like, yeah, I don't think this is going to work out. But they're like, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, well, now you kind of know what you're buying into. You know what the product okay. of Big Cat Soil is. What was my reaction the first time wow. I saw SLC Punk? Because I, I don't remember. I think you were just kind of indifferent to it all. But you're, it takes yeah, a lot like, to yeah, kind cool. of fire your engines up. You're, you're kind does. of the person to ignite. Well, you know, every time I see it, I'm just thinking, okay, yeah, I grew up with people like this. Yeah, all right, this is a normal weekend, which point. Okay. And, and if yeah, somebody yeah. else for, yeah. around yeah, Odell, too, and, home. Yeah. yeah, like going to Frostburg and all those um, road trips, it felt like you. we would watch that movie and be like, this is like a reflection of our life. Because this we knew it. those yeah, Exactly. So, yeah. all right, let me get James yep. and Jimmy in here. The, so it's James. I'm so terrible. James and Jimmy. James Maradino. Yes. That's how you said. And I'm Jimmy, the one who pronounces everything. And yes. Jimmy Duval. Duval. Okay, not Duval, but Duval. Let me get him in here. Yeah. No, it's Duval. <laughs> Is it Duval? However you can remember it, that's good enough for me that you remember it's, it It's, well. it's Jimmy <laughs> D. There you go, Jimmy D. <laughs> Jimmy D sounds too downhold, downhome country. We know a lot of Jimmy D. No, no, it's, it's, it's MC Jimmy D. Oh, okay. there you go, <laughs> Now he spiced it up with some verbal bling. He's, like he's, he's one of the newest members of the village people. Nice. Well, I'm going to that concert. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. You didn't know he was one of the village people? Yeah. We are breaking news here tonight on Musical Osmosis. James and Jimmy, thanks for calling in. But more importantly, James, I want to thank you for making this movie. I don't know if anybody oh, yeah. has thanked you yet. I want to thank you because this was a long time coming. I'm really glad you guys finally did this. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I, I really and, appreciate that. And then thanks for having me on your show there yeah. in Tennessee. Yay. Yeah, that's no problem. <laughs> hey, let me start off with this, guys, because this is the running theme in my head when I'm watching this. When you're doing a movie like this and it's taking place 20 years later and you have to evolve these characters and you're going through this writing process, is this a case where you're like, I've got to keep them true? To the original um, feeling of the uh, original movie, or are you like, I have this script, I'm going to write it, if people like it, let the chips fall where they may, I can't be influenced by trying to recapture the magic of the first movie? Uh, well, you know, to be honest, uh, it's a little bit of both. I mean, it would be disingenuous of me to say that, uh, you know, I didn't want to make the fans happy of the first one. On the other hand, I didn't want to just give them something that would be a rehash of something conceived like SLC Punk, again, if you <laughs> You know what I mean? So I kind of had to get. You know, I, I wanted to make something new, um, and I tried to make something new, and I tried to give a you know new sort of generation and 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 from a different point of view because I'm older. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I also wanted to um, be true to the fact that it is connected to SLC Punk. So I, you know, we really tried. Although nice. the characters evolved. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk about I that. Those really characters right, yeah. evolving too. Um, do you feel like you're kind of handicapped right in the sequel because you do have to kind of stay shackled to this universe that you created in the first movie? 
It was like yes, it, it, there is a certain amount of um, self enslavement to the material, um, and also crowdfunding. You know, we got money from the fans. Right. So suddenly you have like fifteen hundred executives telling you what they're looking for. <laughs> so, you know, but it's also a struggle to free yourself from that. So, I mean, I felt that I don't. Know, I think we adequately, Jimmy, right? We adequately freed ourselves from the from the first one enough that it doesn't. If you saw the first one and you see this one and you don't like it, you don't say like, but it's, you know. Miterating on the on the first one. Right. Yeah, I thought they were stories in their own right. Yeah. Sorry. What are the reactions? One of the reactions I've heard quite a bit actually, and it makes me happy to hear that is them telling me that I didn't have to see the first one to see this one and enjoy it. Although, if you yeah, see yeah, the first one, absolutely you'll appreciate the second one in a different way. And I thought that was actually rather poignant because it is speaking out to a new generation that didn't see the original SLC Punk or, you know. They're, they're like rebelling is a whole new thing for them, so they're just coming into that age of discovery now. And so to kind of have the reactions of new of a new generation, which is what this movie was and is, you know, I thought it was you know it was extremely gratifying to hear. It's almost and better have- for the newer generation to see SLC Punk two first and then go watch SLC Punk like a prequel, like they're watching a Star Wars franchise, right? <laughs> because then it's like you're not looking to recapture that feeling for 20 years ago, I'd imagine, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, I would think that it's – if I had seen SLC Punk when I was 10 years old, um, uh, which you're a little young, man. Where were your parents? <laughs> right. Well, I think yeah. we're closer to your age. Uh, well, to be fair, I was ten when I snuck in and watched The Exorcist, and I was traumatized by that. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, if that's your first experience, uh, and, and you connect with SLC Punk at, at a younger age, and, and um, in some way, for some reason, for, uh, that I, I don't understand, it resonated in a, in a way that it helped some people sort of adjust or or readjust their philosophy and whatever. Then if you watch the sequel, it's, it, it could either be something that's really beautiful or a complete um, betrayal. That's It's going to split down the middle. If you see Punkstead as a younger person now, if you're, you know, 15, 16 years old, then there is no, I mean, Punkstead, then there is no SLC Punk. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. And um, let me make this last point, and I'll give it over to Adele here. But I went and I watched the second. I watched the second movie, um, and I had my fingers crossed. I was like, please don't let them fuck up the franchise like they did with Arrested Development. Like when they did that on Netflix, I can't watch it anymore. And I was like, thank oh, God. Oh yeah, yeah, Arrested. That was bad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, thank you. This is a great movie. Awesome. And then I went back today and I watched them both back to back, and it oh. had like a really good flow. Going into the sequel, it didn't feel like it skipped a beat, and I just feel like if you're looking at it to recapture the old vibe, that's not what it is. This is a different story, a different entity onto itself, and it's updating you with those characters, and I was glad to see that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank yeah. you. yeah, of course. All right, let me pass it on over to Odell, because I know he wants yeah, to get in is, here. Yeah, this is for both the, both the, the James and the um, uh, and the Jimmy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know, like you said, the, you know, the first one came out about 17, 18 years ago. Um, myself being at that time, I was fresh out of college. I was still 
pretty heavy into the punk scene. Now I'm a 40, uh, actually, uh, Jimmy, uh, I'm, you're a year and a day older than me, which is pretty cool I, I, when I was checking out your bio. Um, uh, yeah. Thank <laughs> you, brother. Now, oh, no problem. Now that I'm, I'm 42 and a father of three, um, the, I think the beauty, the thing that I got out, the most that I got out of the movie was the fact that I felt for Trish. I felt for the fact that I could see her worrying about her son, even though she did the same type of stuff when she was younger, um, being that you're older and you're a parent now and more, and, and the responsibilities and things have changed is that. Was that something that you were were both of you guys, because even, even Jimmy's character, you know, from John the Mod to, you know, the way you sort of grew into a different character there, is that was that something that was intentional or was that just something that sort of happened? Well, I mean, it, as you were doing? Um, from Trisha's point of view, being a single mother, it was always intentional that she would be conflicted about should she be worried about her kid. You know, she wants to be hip, but at the yeah. same time, you know, her her boyfriend, the, the father of her child, you know, was a drunk and yeah. OD'd as a result of it by accidentally taking Percocet while he was drunk. And the Percocet that he was given was by my John Lamont's girlfriend at the time. So James and I spoke about it, and really this all does come from James that we'd spoken about before we started shooting. But you have this idea of character Johnny Jekyll. Of course he's grown into being this dark kind of... He's a black metal guy. Bob Depp yeah. who he is forever. And so he does kind of have from way he feels responsible, and so he has to kind of look out. He is his uncle, and he needs to look out for Ross, and Ross is everything to Johnny as well. And you see how Ross is kind of related like that, in fact, to all the characters as you go into the story, with that kind of remaining the idea, even though we didn't want to, you know, James, of course, didn't write that in the script. You don't need to be that blatant about it, but that's sort of the backstory of everything. So it makes right, right. John to become the starker. Yeah, so like essentially, like John the Mod feels guilty that he may be responsible for the fact that Bob is dead. Yeah, yeah. Well, well that's, that's coming. From, that's coming from the first movie. And I'm glad Jimmy called in because, and once again, I'm not just like saying this because you're on the show, but my favorite evolution <laughs> out of all those characters was John the Mod. And I think um, Emo Shelley was my favorite new character. And the way that these <laughs> yeah. characters evolved and grew in. She was great. She was so great. They were great. So. I love, love Jen Jaffe. She's amazing. Yeah. But his yeah. evolution is sort of, I, I mean, I didn't talk about it much, but I mean, it's, yeah, he went from being uh, in SLC Punk and sort of um, ambassador, friends with everybody, and very, like, um, popular guy to, you know, black metal, very dark. And as a result, because I think of this guilt that he had mm-hmm. about, I mean, it's his, his friends gave, gave Bob the Percocet. So, right. Right. And, and, and lied about it. Well, which one of these characters, James, was the hardest to write for the original characters? And, and did you want to take them places and then go, oh, well, Sean wouldn't do that and kind of scratch it out? Or was it a really natural evolution for all these original characters? Well, I think the original characters were – that was the most fun writing. Uh, just sort of, I mean, Sean is working for the state senate, still a little bit crazy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, or the gloves or whatever those things are. I mean, I guess I could have pushed it a little bit more. I, but I mean, I just I didn't want it to be unrealistic. John being a heavy metal guy or black metal guy, Norwegian black metal, um, 
<laughs> that was easy. I, that was fun. And then Trish was hard because she was uh, now a single mother, and, and I had to sort of tap mm-hmm. in with some – and raise this kid who's – I mean, yeah, he's this Victorian goth kid, and, and, and Ben Snetzer's an amazing actor. And yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, really yeah. tough role to do. Um because like I don't, the very few people that are like that, he's like an he's anachronistic, you know. He, he's like, I don't know, he's like Oscar Wilde or something. And um, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, the goth girls really actually are really liking him a lot. Um, of course, oh, yeah, totally. And then some of the old yeah. school punk guys are like, I want to, I want to beat this guy in the face. So, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's how it was initially when the movie started. I was like, "This guy is a tool." I was like sitting there, and like when uh, when uh, what's the name was like telling him how much she loved him and everything. He's like, "You know what is love? Love?" Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I'm like, "Dude, are you kidding me?" Yeah, I know. But listen, though, I mean, I, and this is what I want to say. I mean, everyone, just, if you're watching the movie, the, the two people he's with are laughing at him the whole fucking time. The whole time. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, as much as he's a romantic, he's also really self-centered. And um, it's I don't let him get away with being like a crybaby. The guys are like laughing at him. She's right. like, yeah, Penny's first line is like, uh, what, oh, some girl, what'd she do? Loses, you know, loses eyeliner. You know, I mean, like, <laughs> you know, and, and he's like, shall we? Do the, but he's also so dis- distracted as a person that he's kind. You can kind of get behind him when he goes in and buys the beer, and is like totally oblivious to that he needs yeah. to show ID. Yeah, that yeah, was that one of the that was one of the greatest scenes in the when he went in there and said. What is ID? I was like, oh my god! And the guy was so stunned that he just, you know, yeah, well, he what he said, he do you have ID? And he's like, yes. He's like, I'm just gonna have to sell it to him. He, that's just. That's what I'm being punk rock right there. That was an awesome moment. Yeah. Yeah. So now you can imagine, like, yeah. So, Dee, how did you how did you feel about Roz? Wait, wow, not, that that's okay. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I as a former goth girl, like from high school, I told like on the one hand, I was like, oh yeah, I like his style, and on the other, I just wanted to smack him and be like, are you stupid? Like really? But you're I, supposed to want to smack him and say you're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess it was perfect. Hey, yeah, well, ask, it, it was perfect. Ask, Until this, the end when he finally, like, sticks up for himself and is, like, you know. Yeah, and then it's like, okay, he's cool. And he takes right. the mushrooms, and he's he's having a good time, and he's bowling, <laughs> and, he, you know, he's, like, he's finally, yeah. he starts qu- weeping over a girl he he knew for a week. For a week, Let yeah. me throw this out here real quick, because Dee said she liked the second movie better than the first. I talked to Odell yesterday, and he was like, I like the second movie better than the first. How, how do you feel about wow. it when people compare the two? And is it surprising? I am when people utterly go, unaware that anyone likes the second one more than the first. So you, this is news to me. Now I'm going to have to yeah. take a moment and sort of, you know, Whoa. go like, "Wow, thank God!" No, it was. It was to be <laughs> honest, be it was one of those things. Yeah, it was. It, both movies are great. I actually, I watched. Uh, me and my wife watched uh, 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 SLC Punk Two uh, a couple nights ago together. And she was like, "This is after," and she was a big fan of the first one as well. And um, and we were like, "This is really good." And just 
just the, 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 the plots, the way that there were so many things answered in a simple road trip was amazing to us. Um, uh, Penny, I, I need her soundtrack because the soundtrack she had in her car was incredible. The, the whole drive was awesome. And um, uh, yeah. it, it was almost Branch two separate movies. Kill. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was, it was, it was basically, I, I told Nick that, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it just as much as the first one. And basically it was because, Yes, you did expound on the characters in the first one, but like you, like Nick was saying earlier, the fact that this movie sort of opened the door for new characters, and those characters were real. I mean, Machine Gun Kelly's character was great. I mean, everybody was mm-hmm. they really established themselves in this movie, and I thought that that was really really good. Yeah, well, and to be fair, I mean, like we're not like that. That's like high school to me. Like the first one was. And I'm in my mid-30s, so whereas a high schooler movie was cool when I was in high school or right around that age, now it's like, okay, these are grown-ups, and they're still having fun, and they're still, you know, like, Johnny DeMod is, like, just probably my favorite adult in the whole thing. Well, I, uh, I don't know. They're they're all great, but yeah. because, like, I can totally relate to being, you know, wanting to be a cool mom, but still have to be a mom-mom. Because, you know, my, my kids are teenagers, so I'm like, okay, I get that. And and I'm horrified at the fact that one of these days, one of my kids is going to drink, and they're not going to do it in front of me. And I'm like, no, you know, but um, but no, I mean, it's like I'm an adult, so I kind of am supposed to do some adult-ish things, but I really don't care. I so don't do adult-ish it, things. It must be. Okay, but <laughs> I, was in, I was in my 20s when I did yeah. I was in my 20s when yeah. I did Sue Punk, so I had And it was things. perfect for what it was. Let me let me throw this out there. When I was in my twenties, when I directed SLC Punk, um, mm. I literally made the movie. I didn't think anyone would see it except for the industry, like like my agents and stuff. So mm. you know, I had already made a bunch of movies. I was, I mean, I, my first movie. I was twenty one when I. So this is my sixth or seventh movie, and I was and Jimmy and I had already worked together. So this is like something I thought would just like who's going to care? But I wanted to make this movie because I was tired of seeing. Um, in movies up until that time, other than the really cool ones like Suburbia and Repo yeah, Man. Yeah. Um, but, and mostly, you know, even Terminator, punks were like scary dudes with, with switchblades. Yeah. And that's right. how they were portrayed. And I was yeah. like, well, that's bullshit. That's not, that's not at all what I... <laughs> that that was really kind of, realistic. No, we're all nerds. So well, those yeah. are bad guys across the street. Oh, check out the punk. Oh, he's got yeah, if, if they're, careful, you know, Either they're black and they're gang guys, or they're white <laughs> yeah. and they're punks. And I was like, yeah, no, right. no, 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 no. So, so I made this movie specifically to say to the to, to the baby boomers, this is what we are, you know, yeah. conflicted, thoughtful so individuals. Now, uh, amazingly, when the movie came out, that's not who saw the movie. The, actually, the people who saw the movie were people my generation and younger. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, what did I do? <laughs> Because <laughs> well, it started to become like a, a like, a, like a gospel, and I was like, no, yeah. no, 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 it's not that. <laughs> well, it was. I think it was because you made a movie then that was for that age group that said, yeah, this is what a, a typical weekend. Well, I mean, it was like. it was an angry was movie toward older people. That's what it was, right? But it was very yeah. realistic, and I think the reason that, like, for me, I like the the second one better now is because. It's just like the first one was when I was that age. Now I'm a little bit older, and I'm like, yeah, that totally makes sense to me because I can totally see my kids doing that crap. You yeah, know, it's man. like, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but I, mean, but I, I see myself in more of the adults. The first one really resonated a on a real level. Like I said in the um, introduction, I physically, when I dated girls, I would show them that movie, second or third he date. Did. And it was he a litmus test yeah. to see if they were <laughs> fucking cool. And if they were like, dude, I don't get it. What's wrong with these people? I was like, yeah, I don't. Where can I drop you off? There's a bus station in town. <laughs> like this, I already know this is going to work. So it definitely crossed over. Hey, I will ask you this though. You were talking about the characters. Is it a lot of consideration writing the new characters in relation to the original characters? Are you afraid how they're going to interact? Do you have to kind of bend their characters to interact with each other? Well, I uh, uh, well. I mean, you're talking about the new character. When I wrote Roz, Roz is a character that I wrote 15 years ago for another script. Because oh, wow. in a lot of ways, I was much more like Roz than I am like Steve-O. And, and Jimmy can tell you that. That original character is, is very, very, you know, very James. And it's also exactly what Roz became in the sequel to SLC Punk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, because like, Steve-O is sort of like this of the world is, is me that. being like the ranter, but Roz is is more like how I was when I was seventeen and I was hopelessly romantic and I didn't and, and I didn't think anyone could ever break my heart because I thought philosophically that you know emotions are are uh, um, um, way of trying to give meaning to our lives, therefore meaningless. And then some girl tore out my heart. And then I was bitter. <laughs> you know, and then I realized, no, I have no control over anything, and I just need to live my life. <laughs> well, speaking of Steve-O, and I know the fans will be remiss if I don't bring this up, why is yeah, there no yeah. reference to Steve-O and Mark and Mike? Is this just well, okay, out of sight, out that, of though, in, in, a, in a 24-hour period, for, <laughs> to refer to guys 20 years later that you haven't seen in 20 years, why would you refer? I, I, why would right. you refer... So I mean, I struggled right. with that. I was like, why, why, why would even? It's like I wish Devo were here. Yeah, I mean, like it's just like that was twenty years ago. Those guys left. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. but however, I started this whole thing out with a whole other screenplay. I don't know if Jimmy read it, but it's um, it's it's, 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 Steve, it's Steve-O centric. It, it, it's a whole other movie, and Steve-O oh, yeah, is Stevo left. Um, Steve-O, Steve-O left uh, Salt Lake, and he's all over the world. I just, you know, I mean, I have two scripts. One I could afford to make. The other one, it's like a $5 million movie. So <laughs> I made this one. Jimmy, when <laughs> you're coming back. This is good. <laughs> let me wedge in here real quick. Jimmy, when you're coming back, does it feel the same when you're interacting with all the old cast members? Is it like no Absolutely. time's even gone by at all? So it was well, like very I mean, organic. It was like there was no time, but at the same time, it's like, oh man, it feels like it's been since only yesterday. Man, you changed. Good to see you. But then when you start <laughs> interacting with you know, on the screen, because you know Devin and I worked together in the first one directly as well, it was just like going. It was just natural and organic as it was the first time around. But I, but I think that honestly, a large part of that is due to change in the script. And he really, I think, did justice to our characters and to the next generation. Kind of is this the first time too. you guys had seen each other since that? Or, or you guys were originally in the first movie? Oh, no, no. I, I, James, I used to live in James' house after that. Yeah, no, Jimmy and I, oh, we've done, that, we've done that like five movies. That's the other cast members. 
Oh, like, okay. Was that the first time all you guys had really interacted with each other since that first Yeah, movie? I, there was a really great I, day. Remember, Jimmy, on that, that first day where, you know, we were all back together, except Michael was never yeah. in, with us. But, but you know, you and, and, and Devin and Sarah, we were all just there. That, yeah, that and and that whole day, like the the, the first day, he was going nuts because we were just laughing the whole time, making jokes. <laughs> that was a great day. That yeah, was, and, 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 and like, the first thing he was like, "You're never gonna get your day," and I'm like, "Relax, we'll get our day." <laughs> just like, <laughs> Man. you know, and, and Devin was making all these jokes. I mean, he couldn't stop making jokes. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is incredible. Because by the time you got us all back together, it was like you get this sort of energy that you hadn't felt. And, but you only get it kind of when you're in that moment, and you only get it when you're around certain types of people. Then you have that right. you know, chemistry, and then it creates, creates this explosive oh, yeah, and, energy. And, and remember, in the, the limo is when we really were laughing, because it was like, that's, then we had Adam Pascal there, too. <laughs> and that was a pretty <laughs> funny time right? in the movie, Eddie. too. So. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a really fun scene, actually. And again, you've got to credit James for that, because we were doing that. And I actually had dialogue. A little bit of dialogue where I'd scream at him. Yeah, I said, don't say anything. James just goes, you should just growl. Well, one thing I am happy about in that movie is that you did kind of go into the different tribes and stuff, too, and that's a running theme in those movies. Is it important to you yeah. to kind of point yeah. out all those factions and all those different genres and subgenres? I, I always find it interesting, and, and I also find it interesting that we, the the, the, the n- new generation, though there's there's new punk bands, um, still really love the old ones, and, um, yeah. and and which is really interesting because, okay, what is it now? 2016, in two, okay, in '86, I liked Minor Threat, right? There you go. Right. Okay, and, and, and Ian and all that, you know, just amazing, okay, straight edge, Brian. punk, okay. Now, today, come on, I mean, like, these kids that are 20, 21 years old that were my age then, 18, 17, my age then, love Minor Threat, the old stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And, and they're totally, like, cutting-edge kids and living a punk, the, the punk lifestyle or whatever, but... If you think about it, in 86, when I was listening to Minor Threat, if you go back 30 years earlier, you're talking about Buddy Holly. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's kind so, of weird so like that. If anyone says that music is dead, which I, Punk's Dead is an ironic title. It really refers to the fact that there's a dead punk narrating the movie, the punk is dead. Right. Um, uh, but, I mean, <laughs> that stuff lives on as if it's brand new. And yeah. the soundtrack it, it is really something does. I want to hit on, too, because the soundtrack is very second generation, you know, with Screech and Weasel in there and no effects, as opposed yeah, to... Yeah, I, I, wanted to do, I wanted to just get some in Rancid. I wanted to get some 90s bands, but I also got Bowie from the 70s. Yes. Yeah, I was, was like, is that Bowie? Bowie? That's Bowie. Mm-hmm. I love that song. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? I, said, I, I noticed it in the movie. I was like, wait a minute, is that Bowie? That's Bowie. Yeah. I freaking love that song. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, two times. Because really all, all the young dudes, he wrote that and was on the soundtrack for all the young dudes as well. Um, yeah. So I mean, also that soundtrack is like for a two hundred thousand dollar movie. That soundtrack is impossible. Yes. Yeah. We, we, we the, our, our sound. I mean, our my producers and Seth and Andrea and um, our sound. I mean, our music supervisors. Really, I don't know how they got that stuff together. 
I mean, we had oh, to yeah, you've got Agent Orange on there, Violent Femmes. You got a bunch yeah. of great acts on there. You got a lot, and, yeah. And, and like New Order and Love and Rockets and Joy Division and David Bowie and uh, Taco Twins. I mean, these those are some bigger bands than like, you know. I mean, I know Mike Palm and Agent Orange. I know Black Dahlia. He's a, he's an old friend of mine from the Doors. Mm-hmm. I don't know David Bowie. I didn't know David Bowie. <laughs> wow! Yeah, and with him awesome. passing, so awesome. it even brings you further into it because then you've got that extra little caveat, that little Easter egg there because Bowie yeah. has passed recently. So I think that's a little bit apropos. Yeah, I, I mean, I had no. I mean, yeah, it, but I mean, you know, you put that song, "Life, um, Life on Mars," right? Um, into in plug it into any scene that's supposed to be emotional, and you just upped it by a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's it's its own character. You know, like you're just literally like forcing, like the old days with Smellorama. If I wanted people to smell roses, I would pump in rose smells. (laughs) Well, you know, one thing that I was thinking when I was checking this movie out is I think it's a good thing it was an indie movie. I don't think this movie would have been the same if you had like a $5 million budget. And I'm looking at these reviews on YouTube. And you're actually interacting on the YouTube threads with with the reviewers. There's nothing yeah, more fucking well, I will, I will always that. do that, though. I, that that's my nature. <laughs> yeah, but I thought that was really great. When I, I'm like, oh my god, James and like Jenny and all these people are actually interacting yeah. with this YouTube guy. Tom Cruise doesn't do people. that. They do that. <laughs> that's yeah. the difference. Yeah. I, but, I could, listen. I could have made uh, Deadpool, and I'd still be interacting with uh, as much as I can. I you know like. I got, and that's I, what I, makes I have to sense. defend myself. I have to defend my honor. I mean, the running theme was kind of like, I didn't capture, and like I talked to you on the phone, people who say I didn't capture the magic of the first, these are the same assholes that go back to seeing the second string of Star Wars movies, and they think they're going to get that filming when they sat down in the theater at 10 years old. And that's kind of like trying to capture happen. the magic of Christmas when you were five years old. Yeah. yeah. just not, You just can't do it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, Odell, I've been fanboying all over these guys, and I'm I'm like <laughs> taking over all the time, monopolizing all no, the no. time. You go ahead, Odell. No, no, um, no. This actually uh, is for Jimmy. I know um, you've been in some incredible movies, man, and and, and some roles that that um, I don't even know. It's one of those things where. You know, like, like for example, SLC Punk, Donnie Darko is another one. Even Independence Day, it, it, there's there's this cult following. Do you, do you? I guess when you go for these roles or when you're uh, asked to do these roles, is that something that you would you vision or you imagine that would happen, um, or no, is it just honest, like man, after it's done, it's like whoa. <laughs> yeah, not, I don't imagine really. I mean, you kind of just. I mean, the way I was raised doing this, I've been doing it for 25 years now, but the way I was raised and the way I learned was you put everything into the work, and then anything that kind of came out later, you really don't know if it, how well it's, you just kind of have to sit and brace yourself, do the best you can and wait and see how it turns out. Um, yeah. I can say when I did Independence Day, I knew it was going to be big by reading the script, but that was the extent of it. I couldn't tell, you know, that still. I was, you know, like, I think this is going to be a big movie. I mean, it feels like right. it. But you never, you still can't be sure, you know. Uh, I'm again another movie I really enjoyed the process, so I would kind of just jump into whatever I got, whatever I was. And the Gregor Rocky movies. 
Right. <laughs> and the guys are like, no, it's cool. You can experiences. And also outside of Salt Lake. And they're like, you ruined the good name of the scene of Salt Lake. And I'm like, and I'm like wait oh a minute. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And I'm like, wait, wait. Now, come now. Bef- all I remember in the late 80s hearing was before I went off to school was you all complained that there was no scene at all. Now you're saying I ruined the good name of the scene. That you said before didn't exist. That you've been denying all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, good to see people okay. were whining even back then. Good thing there wasn't any Facebook or social media. No, Twitter it was horrible. I know. And, but it doesn't matter because it still occurs. It, it calmed down because I actually tried to make friends with all these people. But, um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, the, 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 the idea that, of course, there was a scene. That there was a punk scene in Salt Lake City. But because of SLC Punk, that scene hasn't tarnished Salt Lake City. It's made people think, mm-hmm. hey, Salt Lake City is not just about Mormons. A lot of people all over the world think punk comes from Salt Lake. Wow. <laughs> it doesn't. Wow. But I mean, I get yeah. it from people yeah. from Hungary or people from, uh, you, you know, I mean, they, they think because of that movie, that's where punk is. People that, go to Salt Lake City to try to find punk when they're tourists. They're trying to find punk. Yeah, I bet you they're surprised when they get there. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, there's only really places. But they actually used to look for Bob's grave. They used to look for, oh my God, I, you know, like I got these messages all the time, and I was like, ah, guys, it's a fiction. Wow, yeah. that is fucking mind blowing. Just some German kid trekking all the way to Salt Lake looking for that scene. That is surreal. That, that happened. Yes, that def, that exact thing happened. And the other thing that I got from the new movie uh, was that I, I cast uh, MGK, who's a rapper. Though yeah, he was always, yeah. he grew up as a punk, but he's a rapper. I got a lot of people saying, like, how can you cast a rapper in a, in a, in a punk movie? And, and I, I said, oh like, God. well, you know, Peter Jackson didn't cast one single Hobbit in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> right. That's pretty antithetical That's exactly to the right. punk scene to even say something like that. That's yeah, bullshit. I know, right? The first, well, because the I, first thing that I think, well, the first thing that I thought when you said that was, isn't that exactly the opposite of what punk is about? I mean, because like, exactly, yeah. When where I grew up, everybody. I mean, there wasn't really labels. It was either you were a prep or you weren't. And so all of us got bunched in together. And some people were art kids, and some people, you know, listened to metal, and some people dressed in goth, and some Did people. Did you have Heshers you know, out were there? Nerd. Uh, I don't know what that is, so that's probably not pot. Heshers. It's an old. Oh no! Oh yeah! Yeah 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 yeah! Tons of potheads. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I was totally one of those after high school. But, I mean, and, and nobody cared who you sat with at lunch or whatever. And as I, you know, as I got older, I realized, oh, that is the punk scene. It's like nobody cares. You're still a person. You're still, you know, worth something. And so yeah. for somebody to come out and say that, it's like, doesn't that go exactly to the opposite of who you're supposed to, you know, who you say you are and who you say you're proud to be? Yeah. And, it, yeah, and it's also weird on top of that, like, I'm talking about it, like, okay, you know, Jimmy is Jimmy, uh, but, you know, Matthew Lillard was in a punk rock. He was not a punk. He was an actor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I cast an actor yeah. in the role. Yeah. A good one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But I mean, an actor, you know, like not a—he's not a punk rocker. He never was. He never says he was a punk rocker. He's like, I didn't really know much about it. He says I was always more of an acting geek. You know, I mean, he—he's—he owns who. You know, he's—he owns that he's an actor. So yeah, okay, he, I he took this. You know, MGK wants to be an actor. He—he he really won me over, and I put him in the role as he an actor. 
he was good. He was excellent. Yeah. Like I said earlier, he was excellent. I was like, man, you know, I didn't even realize it was him until I read, you know, saw the credits. I was like, oh, it's not. He's got a kind of a rockabilly this? vibe to him, though, in my opinion, because he's so tall and like so like skinny and reminds yeah. you of a yeah. sort of a punk rockabilly guy. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. He's, got this, he's got this great explosive energy, too. I remember we were filming the scene where we just get Ross out of the show and, you know, Ross's mom, Sarah's waiting for him and he's kind, oh, of, so kind of magnanimous. You see it in the movie when you and that had to be madness, though, right, at that show scene? Because I think I heard in another interview you said there was 2,000 people there, and half of them didn't That's even right. know what was going on. So that had to be well, we had We had two madness. nights. The first night, we just had 200 people there so we could, like, have a hero band. We call hero band is the band that's playing as, like, our, like, um, oh, hero. How do I explain that, Jimmy? The... It's it's the so band that will stop playing for you, and you can you can record as if they're not playing. Right. Okay. If they're playing, okay. they just do the motions, but there's no nothing's coming out. They're kind so they of have dialogue. Out. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to have dialogue. I, I wouldn't be able to edit. You know, I have to <laughs> right, have it. Right. And then the second night, because on Indiegogo we said we'd give you a show. I'm not going to uh, interrupt uh, Screeching Weasel or the Dwarves. They just did the show. So I had a huge mm. crane. Planted a bunch of cameras and another crane, and we just shot. And we shot oh, a show. Wow. I mean, it's a real show. It's a, it's a, you know we I I'm, I couldn't stop that. Even when I put um, uh, Ben Snesser on the stage, uh, they really wanted to kill him. <laughs> yeah, that, that seemed pretty accurate. I was like, oh, God, that's got to be fake. Really? That was, yeah, that seems right. It's Mick. Um, One night he did it where we had our, our featured extras and all our really great Indiegogo family that were there and, and understood what was going on. But the second night when it was just general audience, it was a real show. We weren't, like, having extras. It was a, we, it was a real show. He got up and did it again. And, man, they were... <laughs> I was like, okay, we got it. <laughs> oh, that was so great. I, I mean, the, the the brutal honesty that he had, and the fact that he thought he was just loving on it. <laughs> yeah, oh my god! I don't oh. care about your redneck crusty. <laughs> I, I love you. You all are my bitches. I was, <laughs> I was dying. That was awesome. <laughs> Hey, James, let me end with this because we're running a little bit over. Um, end oh, of the sorry. day, do you feel like this? Oh, no, you're cool. I could talk to you all night if you guys had the time. But end of no, the day, no, he could. Like, do you feel like this movie did what it set out to do? I mean, everything that I'm reading, everything I'm seeing, you're getting nothing. Well, I won't say nothing. You're getting a lot and a lot of good vibes and good things said about it. Do you feel pretty good about the outcome of all this? Well, I feel I, – I, I... I don't know. I always feel like I, you know, I, it, I, I feel it's a good movie, and I feel like I delivered what I said I was going to deliver. Um, and I, I watch it, and I'm, I'm, I'm entertained, and sometimes even sad. So, yeah. you know, I mean, if it's going to affect me, then, then, you know, I'm the one who did it. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm always a little bit like weird about that question, but yes, I, I. I have yet. We there's still time for this movie to to to, to see where it's going to go, with 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 in terms of the audiences. But as a, you know, as a filmmaker, you got to let go of that, and you got to say like, well, this is what I did, and you know, I feel good about it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have put it out. I would have said like, I would have crushed it. 
Right. I would have right. shot it. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like I, I wouldn't have put my name on that. So, in that sense, of course, I feel really good about it. I, I mean, when I see it, I'm like, this is. I really am very happy with it. So, I, I as far as react, but you're talking about reactions. Well, right. I only see bad reviews. So, I mean, as a director, it is my pre. I am pre-programmed with this illness to only look at the bad. Yeah, comments. I know that feeling. I'm programmed the same way. Okay, right? Mm-hmm, so, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, there could be a page of, you know, 60 reviews, and one kid from Scranton, Pennsylvania says, yeah, the, the photography wasn't that good. And I'm like, what is wrong with this person? As long as you don't pull the Jay and Silent Bob and start visiting them and, and, and kicking their ass <laughs> well, <laughs> and finding whoever no, I, 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 no, I respect people's uh, First Amendment rights, but, like, <laughs> you, you know, like, I, like, but I still, it still ruins my day. So well, you you yeah, can ask yeah. me like I write for a site, I write for a news site, and I you know the editor didn't catch it. I put Y O U R instead of Y O U apostrophe R E, and like and the I comment thread, you you, you messed up the grammar me. on that. Yeah, and yeah, the I, comment <laughs> thread annihilated me, and I was like crawled into an emo hole for like three days. I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah, it was I'm pretty not safe. To ever write again? How could I let this slip through? The okay, well, well, then following that, uh, let's just say that I've been in emo hole for about three weeks now. <laughs> no, you know what? You, yeah, I mean, no, you need to go get that. a hug. Oh, mental <laughs> hugs all around. Thank you very much. Mental <laughs> hugs all around. Yeah, because, you know what? Screw that. The whole the whole point of, or at least the whole point that I always learned of punk is to just be you, man. It, it's like if somebody thinks that's not good enough, screw them. They're not good enough. Well, just thank do you, 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 and that's really cool. Good. Yeah. Jimmy, how did you feel about the evolution of John Namad? Were you happy with the outcome? Were you happy where that character went? How much input did you have I, where I, that I, character I, went? Oh, I just played it exactly the way James wrote it. Exactly what we talked about. I got to say, the, I, I loved it from I loved him from the moment I read him. He's natural. Awesome. Awesome. Nice. All right, let's wrap up with this. I am hearing rumors all over the interwebs about SLC Punk 3. I think I heard you in an interview say you want to do one just with Steve, kind of around the world thing going on. Is this happening, or do I have to wait another 18 years it, to well, see that, this? Currently, I don't, I, you know, I'm, I'm still burying this movie, so um, I have to raise all that money, so we're going to see about that. But I don't all see right. anyone that, that would be objecting to it in terms of actors, and, and certainly if Matthew didn't want to revise the role, though I, he's always been very cool to me, um, I would never make that movie without Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> He wouldn't do it you know, Because he has been very open to it If, if I can get it done um, For, the, for you know, a budget that works But as I say like I would never make it If That would be the only reason why I wouldn't make it Gotcha, gotcha. Alright I want to thank you guys for calling in This has been I yeah. never ever would have thought What almost 20 years ago Sitting around with my friends drunk watching this movie that I would be sitting here talking to you guys. So this is beyond mind blowing and a pleasure for me. Um, this, tell is everybody, awesome. this is awesome. I know they can get the movie off Google Play. I know they can get it off Amazon. Where can everybody see this movie? I know you can order it. It just dropped on DVD. Yesterday. iTunes, VOD, um, Amazon, Google Play, 
Overstock, I just uh, all the everything, and even mm-hmm. Tug. If you want to see it, if you can sponsor it, and you're, you want to see it on a theater, and you get like fifty people to go, you can watch it at the movie theaters. Oh, nice! nice. And anyone can sponsor a Tug screening. You just have to try to, and you make money, some money, if you successfully grab fifty people to come to your screening or sixty or whatever the theater is. Tug will set it up, put the movie out. And you can watch it on the movie. And, and and if you're the one sponsoring it, you could walk away with 150 bucks or something. <laughs> okay. I'm overdoing in Virginia Beach for my birthday this year. There you wow. go. And Jimmy, what's <laughs> your next good. project you got coming up? What are we going to see you in next? Um, recently, well, right now, I just I just worked on the new Anthrax Bloody Boy video that just came out last week. So wow. I literally nice. shot that maybe three okay. weeks ago, so... Yeah, you can check that out. They they pull my lungs out of my back. They give me the traditional blood. Pretty awesome. And then I'm getting ready to go to movie next week. Uh, Northern California, playing the town. Okay. <laughs> or maybe something else. I don't want to reveal the rest of it because then. I was gonna say you're a really hardworking dude. Yeah, but he's in. Like, he, Jimmy, aren't you in? Are you playing a serial killer in a movie? That came yeah. out. Um, we're still developing that one. That one actually, uh, something happened, so it got delayed. You know, I was watching Walking Dead the other night, and I was thinking, like, Jimmy would be perfect for Walking Dead. Your personality would fit into that format so well. I wish <laughs> yeah, you, I, like, I, wish I could see you on yeah. Walking Dead. That would be amazing. That would be very cool. You know, I, Darren's I, talked about leaving, so we need somebody to fill that uh, void. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I two weeks with Gerald Alex Blake. What was that? Daryl can't leave. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Around. <laughs> All right, you guys, I want to thank you for calling in. Uh, I Thanks, Nick. Two weeks, we've got Alex White, Miss Alex White from White Mystery coming on, and I'm going to play some dwarfs on the way out the door from the movie, SLC. Oh, Punk. he'll like that. Punk's dead. If you Thanks, haven't God. seen it, then you suck. Go see it. And redeem your That's right. All right. Good night. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Steve. Thanks. Thank you, Thank you so much, guys. Okay. Good night, good night guys. Thanks, guys. Network by everyone. Everything you got for me. And nothing in between. We live in infamous. Uncontrollably and with Seeing of savage beast. Fuck the world. I was denied you. I was denied, atomized, terrorized, and mesmerizing. Fuck the world, I will deny you. I will deny, will deny.